Welcome to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast, where our goal is to engage and inform our audience. From investors, to asset managers and portfolio managers, to sustainability leaders and those involved in ESG and sustainable finance. This is Kisa Shreen. Today, we're going to talk about an industry that has seen significant changes and has been dramatically impacted by the pandemic and will need to transform to reflect the new reality and meet sustainability goals. That industry, the events industry. Here with us is Robin Duda, CEO at RDC, a bespoke agency specializing in creating and activating transformative change across the events industry. Now, the events industry is estimated at about $1.1 trillion, but what can we expect to happen in a post-COVID world? Robin, let's start with talking about the future of events. At the moment, I'm assuming everything has completely come to a halt due to the pandemic when it comes to in-person large-scale events. But what do you see happening and unfolding as we enter into the first and second quarters of 2021? And what can we expect in terms of the recovery? What will be the new norm? Yeah, thank you, uh, Kisa, for, for being here. Um, events, you know, to kind of set the stage, you mentioned, you know, $1.1 trillion industry. That encompasses a lot. Um, that is basically any type of large gathering. And the things that I work on are a lot of the conferences and trade shows um, in the business and consumer world. Um, and at all events, though, were queened this time last year. Um, the global um, expo industry, for example, was really sizable. Um, it was 81 billion in global GDP, um, 1.1 or 1.3 million jobs, um, and that was just that's just directly. Indirectly, it's it's you know multiple um, you know closer to 200 billion dollars in global GDP. So it's a pretty sizable industry. Um, and um, what's even more interesting, and, and I'm bringing these up for a reason from kind of shaping the future, what's even more interesting is that um, I've done a lot of inside um, deep P&L work and the margins um, on most of these events are really, really high. They throw 70% to the bottom line. Um, and obviously COVID has completely rocked, um, has rocked our world and we've been forced to rethink and, and, and reinvent. Um, so um, the projection that was um, uh, kind of predicted um, until at least 2026 um, is, is upside down. So, and it's been super heartbreaking. Um, uh, many live events have pivoted really quickly to hosting virtual, um, but it's an already and already was a, a hugely crowded space. So it's definitely harder for events to stand out right now. Um, uh, the good news is that um, what we do now um, from an organizer standpoint, and I, I do want to explain what an organizer is because I'm going to probably mention it a few times. Um, they're the holding companies that um, that own a lot of the large events that we as business folks attend all the time. Um, uh, they own a lot of the events and, and private equity actually uh, community owns a lot of the events that that will we're kind of, I'm kind of referring to. Um, and right now, everything is virtual. Everyone has had to go um, to a new place. And, and what I believe, and I'm, you know, my job is to plan the future. What I believe has happened is people really scrambled. Um, in March of last year, we had to shut everything down and everyone just started throwing things, uh, virtual events up on screens and, you know, um, replicating an event um, that was live, that has emotion and connection um, is not as easily done. You can't do it the same way as you do that when it comes to a uh, 
uh, a virtual event. Um, the medium's different. People's attention spans are different. They can easily click away and not feel guilty. Um, and and um, so we've had to completely think about, and we still need to think about, um, where do we want to be and what do we want to serve people in a few years? Um, and, and how do we lay that groundwork now? And what do you think growth looks like? Is this more about the current Zoom environment and virtual events, or how do you see the growth strategy playing out? Yeah, um, you know what I'm I'm telling everyone is that it's it's integrated experiences. Um, events were I told you these events. Some of these events are you know that I've worked on are fifty million dollars over the course of three days, um, and they're throwing huge margins, like I mentioned, to the bottom line. Um, and uh, it's not as easy as. Um, going, you know, doing that again. Um, experience is not linear. We do not buy, we do not live life in, in three-day sections. And it's become really apparent that we need to create what I call integrated experience, um, which are, uh, the event is one major moment um, that is uh, a part of an entire journey that someone interacts with your brand. So it's not just about pumping everything into those three days. It's how five months before the event, is there something really interesting that leads me to um, another piece of content? Um, and, and what we're really working on is breaking down everything that happened at these big events and building them back up in mediums that best serve the consumer. Um, to me, the strategy right now for the future is all about understanding the customer and the consumer. Um, it always has been, but it is detrimental right now. What worked in 2018 for all of that explosive growth I mentioned will not work in 2022 and beyond. The audience is changing the way they've, like the way they've completely, you know, they purchase is going to be completely different when we come back. Um, and that's because millennials make up 50% of the workforce. And a lot of this industry um, has been designing for um, an older, uh, you know, a more mature audience. Um, and millennials are a, a huge part of that, which obviously, of course, if the workforce is made up of that much, millennials um, are the audience base for these events that are moving forward. And there are three major things um, to growing this audience in the event industry. And that's, you know, smart data and insights. I don't need to preach to you, Kisa, um, and the investment community that data is super important. Um, intelligent design created from those data insights, and most importantly, to this conversation, sustainable business practices. Um, the industry has been pretty soft on pushing um, sustainable business practices, and when I say that, I mean pretty um, acutely environmental um, and DNI and initiatives. Um, I know it because I, I lived it, and I see it with my clients now. Change and innovation tend to be sacrificed for short-term profit um, versus the long-term growth. And right now, we've had this opportunity to pause as an industry, and we really need to get to um, back to this core foundation. Um, and the premise of everything from a strategy standpoint really needs to be based on data insights. Um, it's not just good for the world. I, and, and we know this, you know, the ESG side of this, we know it's not just good for the world. Let's talk about ESG in light of all this. I'd love to know more about RDC and what the firm specifically does in terms of its sustainability play in the event space. I know many investors could possibly look at ESG and events, but what is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, to me, the biggest... <laughs> Um, the uh, environmental uh, and, and DNI. Um, environmental, of course, there are um, 
events have a really large footprint. We're flying people all over the world. When you think about events that have 25, 30,000 people, um, you know, in, the environmental side is um, certainly a factor. Um, and the um, not just carbon footprint alone, um, shipping of materials, um, the stuff that's used on site to build some of these trade shows and the events. Um, it's been on the radar and it's been something the industry's been working on for a really long time. And there are some great um, organizations that can help build it, but sometimes building it is a little bit more expensive. Um, but in the long run, we know millennial audiences, we did research uh, you know, ourselves within RDC, but we also know, according to the, the work that you all have done, millennials want to align with brands that are based on their values and their values for, for many of them are protecting the world um, and, and, and climate. Um, so making sure that as we rebuild, we rebuild in a really sound environmental way as possible. Talking about rebuilding and one aspect is the environmental piece. Let's get to the social piece as it relates to who is on the stage at events. Yeah, um, a huge, uh, you know, for, for a really long time, I was focused on women um, for many, many years. It was, um, it was a lot of, it was a male dominated and, and it still is honestly a painfully male male dominated um, stage. Um, uh, doesn't matter the industry that we're in. Some are better than others, but um, it's uh, few and far between. And when we talk about um, diversity at its fullest, including not just gender, race, uh, we talk about sexual orientation and ability. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's a, it's pretty astounding. Um, and when um, in June, um, Black Lives Matter really, um, I, I, I lived in Brooklyn at the time, and you know, I was out and I hear the chanting from my window, and you know, a part of that movement, um, I couldn't help but think the event industry has so much responsibility um, and we put who who we put on stages and screens um, across the world really influences who has a voice and we have to do better um, we have to make it a point to be more inclusive um, across the board so um, I, I truly believe it also um, the, the new the newer faces and um, newer voices that you put also are, you know, and I hate to bring it, break it down to this, but they're also a growth strategy. These are new audiences that you're attracting. These are new people where you're elevating a new level of, of, um, of, of inclusion that um, is long overdue. So what I did was a, a bit of a call to the industry and we launched a pledge this year in 2021 um, for organizers, associations, agencies who work um, and are responsible for putting people on stages to do better, um, at least over the course of the next five years, commit to progress. Um, and, and that progress has to be measured. That what, which is, you know, measured matters. And um, yeah. We're really trying to move the industry forward together, though, because there is no system of measurement. We, we have no idea where mm. we're at, but if we can come together as an industry to create some benchmarks, um, every individual show um, and use um, census data, ESG data um, for the industries that we serve um, for a lot of the markets that we produce events in, we can at least see and benchmark ourselves against there and where we need to go. So I know, Robin, that right now the event organizers, the people that you mentioned that are in the private equity space, are now seeing a decrease in the amount of money they've been attracting. Yet, as you mentioned, with the Black Lives Matter movement, there is talent 
and the Black, Latino, Asian American women speakers in the entire element across the spectrum. They're being invited to speak at these events, but we see that in many times they are not being paid what their counterparts have been paid. And as someone who's engaging with these private equity firms or their organizers, how do you expect this narrative to change in 2021? Are there creative, innovative solutions for that? They have to. There is no choice. Um, there is no moving forward, in my opinion. One, because the world and your audience is going to demand it. Two, some of the research that we did, um, people are, are going to be going to less events, at least in the face-to-face -face space. When we come back, they used to go to six or seven business conferences and trade shows a year. They're going to between one and three uh, moving forward is what their prediction is. And like I said, it, it's an audience who is going to demand more on their stages. Um, and the events that don't invest in putting the best content there, um, and the best content has to come from a diverse set um, of voices, um, aren't going to exist moving forward. Um, they may make it a few more years, but they will slowly die off and their margins and their profit and their revenue will start to go down. Um, and I, I hate to say that it's not that simple. They, ha they have to make the investment. You have to earmark. Um, like I said, um, there were huge margins. I think there are ways that you can you can cut and move and you, ha you have to pay your speakers well. Um, and in order to get, um, and to be fair, um, you know, you need to pay people equally. Um, and I just, I think it's, there's going to be a huge push, I believe, uh, as well from big brands. Um, and I think we're going to start to see, and I'm making a prediction that a lot of big brands out there who have traditionally been anchor sponsors to some of these really large events are going to put out statements that say specifically, we are not participating if you do not commit and have a commitment to, um, inc inclusion, um, and diversity on your stages. Um, and we're not going to speak on your stages either because we don't want to be on a panel that is full of um, the same um, white males that we saw um, before COVID. Um, we want to be a part of a, a movement um, and I think they're going to be forced into it. I really do, Kisa. So in terms of the key takeaways, Robin, what is the key takeaway for the investment community when it comes to the future of the events industry? Can we be looking for something positive, investment opportunities, or is it more of a continuation of 2020, just in the near term? Uh, the events industry is not dead. Um, it is, it, I believe though, as I mentioned, um, the connection is still there. The need to meet people still, it still exists, um, but it needs to change. Um, every event will not survive, but the organizations um, to bet on from an investment standpoint are the ones that are thinking about data and sustainability in their organizational process and their event design. I truly, truly believe that. Um, if, um, if it isn't something that they're implementing now though, because it takes time to get this, um, you know, to get it working and, and show cycles um, tend to be 12 to 18 months. So if they're not implementing these things now, they're going to have a difficult time in three to five years when their audiences demand it. So from an investment community, I do, I think events um, are still a great bet. I think that um, they have to have a integrated experience offering where there's a mix of virtual uh, and, and live on the horizon. And in both of those, they really need to be acutely focused on data um, and sustainability. Great information, Robin Duda. Thank you so much for joining us. So the events industry is not dead, but for it to continue to thrive, growth means smart data and insights. 
intelligent design, as well as sustainable practices. Those for firms really need to think about data and sustainability and designing events, and very importantly, being mindful of today's audience, being inclusive, and compensating speakers equally. Thank you, Robin, for joining us, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. We invite you to subscribe to the Refinitiv Sustainability Perspectives podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. What did you think about the podcast? Leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on our show. You can even check us out on YouTube now. Thank you for joining. See you next time.